We've been talking about 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. I just want to assure you that I do know another verse in the Bible, okay? And know that you might be thinking, does he only know one verse in the Bible? But this afternoon, I'm kind of, this is kind of part two from this morning. So if you want to sit here this morning, do uh, catch up on our 9 a.m. service uh, or our 11 a.m. service. But 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5 says this, you also like living stones are being built into a spiritual house. You know, this idea of a spiritual house is where I really feel we should be. I really do. If I can say to you, um, I think I've said it uh, to some of the staff, that uh, when I first came here, I wasn't sure about the name Kensington Temple. Uh, You know, I just thought, oh, that's a bit of a, you don't really name churches called temples. And, you know, there are other faiths that have temples. But the more that I've been here, uh, the, the Greek word for spiritual house means a temple, means a household of God, means the temple. I've got more into, no, let's reclaim the word temple back and make it our own. Again, a place where God dwells. And now I know the temple is the people. I know that. But I'm just wondering if we could have a sense of his presence here, that we don't just come to meetings that we actually host his presence. Who's with me or am I just talking to the air? Somebody say amen if you agree. Somebody say amen to what you just said amen to, okay? Um, So we want to be a spiritual house, but then the scripture goes on and says, to be a holy priesthood offering, and this is the phrase, spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ Jesus. I wanted to just to minister all day for my, my part of the day uh, talking about sacrifice. It's not that of a popular kind of message really, but I wonder if you know what a sacrifice is. The richest man in the world is a, is a chap called Jeff Bezos and he's the founder of Amazon. I have contributed to his wealth over lockdown. Let me just say that. Um, He gave away, and he's set to give away $10 billion to climate change charities. He's going to give away $10 billion. And uh, and he gives away other uh, kind of amounts to leadership and other foundations that he has. Can you imagine having that much money that you can give away 10 billion pounds? But here's the thing, and I'm not actually doing down what he's done. I mean, it's an amazing thing that somebody can even do that. But it represents 1% of his wealth. Isn't it amazing that Jesus was in the temple one day and he looked over and he saw a widow. You're all all trying to work out how rich he is. Stay with me, please. Stay with me. It represents 1% of his wealth. This month... I need you to know I've given away more than 1% of my wealth. I've given 10 in my tithes. How about you? You see, God's not interested in the amounts. He's interested in his principles and his heart. Do you see what I'm saying? So, Jesus was in the temple one time. He looked over and he saw a widow And she gave two coins. Jesus used this phrase about her. He said, she's given all that she has. That is a sacrifice. 
A sacrifice is not the amount in comparison to somebody else. A sacrifice is what it costs you. Do you hear what I'm saying? Now, please don't hear me criticizing uh, Mr. Bezos. I'm glad that he is wealthy enough to do that. Marcus Rashford, the Manchester United footballer, and I know, Scott, that you don't want to hear anything good about Manchester United. I know that. But just bear with me for a moment. Arsenal is a good team, but I need to talk about something about Manchester United for now. Are you okay with that? Uh, Marcus Rashford has generated 20 million in funds for food charities this year. He's got a net worth of 16 million So he's actually generated 125% of his wealth. He didn't give all of that. He's generated that much money. That's a great thing, isn't it, that some people can do that? Don't you agree, church? And that was a sacrifice to him, both of his time, and lost his place in the team for a while because he was devoting some time towards that. For us to think of sacrifice, though, we often think that it's a grand gesture by someone. And actually, all day I've been trying to say that actually that's not true. There are four characteristics, four characteristics of a sacrifice that it will be for you. Now, let me, let me just back up for a moment and say that the word sacrifice is such an old fashioned word that we don't use it much. But actually, we parents do it for children. We do it for other people a lot. In a, in a sense, sacrifice is a very modern concept. And actually, here's the thing. Life does not work without sacrifice. It simply doesn't work if you say, I never will sacrifice anything for anyone else. Because somebody right now this year will sacrifice something for you. That's how life works. There are four characteristics of a sacrifice. Number one, it's costly. It's costly to you. David said, I'm not giving something that doesn't cost me anything. Giving is one thing. Sacrifice is something that's costly, costly to you. That could be your time. That could be laying your talent there. But a sacrifice is costly. Secondly, a sacrifice is just right, no matter what your feelings are. There are times when we just, there are some things we just need to do, no matter how we feel. Number three, a sacrifice is done thoughtfully and carefully. It's not something that you just do emotionally. It's not something that you just do on the spur of the moment. In the Old Testament, If you were going to make a sacrifice, you had to prepare the meat, you had to prepare the sacrifice, you had to prepare something, you took it along, the priest did it in a certain manner, it was done thoughtfully and carefully. A real sacrifice is something that you pray about, you think about, you prepare to do it, and then you do it. Lastly, fourthly, a sacrifice is from your heart. If it doesn't come from your heart, then it's something that perhaps misses the intention that God has done it, has for it. So it's costly. It, it, it's done no matter your feelings. It's something that's done thoughtfully and carefully, but it's something from your heart. I wonder today, when we talk about 
some two particular sacrifices, whether or not you can begin to say, what's coming from my heart? Because our heart is the gateway to everything. Now, when a sacrifice, here's the thing. I want you to understand this. A little bit of teaching here. When a sacrifice is done continually, that's when it produces fruit. One-off sacrifices are good, they achieve something, but when you live sacrificially and begin to say, I am giving this regularly, that's when it comes back to you and begins to shape you, begins to draw you closer. So, when I talk about sacrifice today, I'm not just talking about one-off things. I'm talking about things we do continually. In the New Testament, there are five prescribed sacrifices that we need to do all the time. In the Old Testament, you're used to that. There are fellowship offerings and peace offerings, and they were prescribed and had a kind of method to them. And most people don't realize that the sacrifices came over into the New Testament, and even though they weren't uh, to do with animals or grain or olive oil and things like that, that actually they were still sacrifices that we have to continually make. There are five. First of all, there's a sacrifice to love one another. Second of all, there's the living sacrifice of our bodies, that we are present that we are engaged in where we are, that we give our time and that we give our, our efforts to the things that God has asked us to do. The third sacrifice is from our wealth and our material possessions that the Bible teaches that we are to share what we've been given. But there are also two key ones that I want to just dwell on for a few moments. Fourthly, or the fourth sacrifice in the New Testament is this, the sacrifice of worship. And you've been doing that this afternoon, but also it says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15, through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips, and that openly profess his name that actually worship and praise isn't just thought and intention, although that's really important. Here, the scripture teaches us that the sacrifice of praise is the fruit of our lips. What did Jesus say? He said, out of what's in your heart will your mouth speak. So if you've got lots of worship in your heart, it's going to overflow from your mouth. We worship not as an oppression. You see, some, some people who are not yet Christians, they look at us and they say, oh, how weak are they? They have to uh, worship a God, and, but I'm, I believe in myself and I, I'm kind of self-sufficient and oh, they, they just have their faith as a crutch. But here's what I say to that. Worship for us recalibrates us. It refines us and recalibrates ourself so that all the kind of things in ourself that would pull us down, destroy us, 
We recalibrate those things. We put those things in the right place in our minds so that we actually release ourselves to be who we are supposed to really be. You see, I was created. I'm not the creator. And so when, when people say, oh, you just, you have to worship because you need it as a crutch, I'm saying, no, it's not that I need it as a crutch. I, I do it because it makes me who I was always meant to be. And you know yourself that in our culture, there's an unusual thing going on right now. I find it unusual. Let me ask you a question. Why are celebrities celebrities? Why are celebrities celebrities? What is it about humans that we have to look up to someone or something? What is it about us where we have to say, oh, I'd really like to know that. Now, lots of preachers and pastors, they have a go at celebrities. I'm not saying that. I've pastored several celebrities and they're really just ordinary people who are just trying to do what they do. What is it about us that makes people into celebrities? I'll tell you what it is. Deep, deep within us, we need to worship someone or something because that's how we're created. Denying our worship abilities, denying our worship tendencies deeply moves us away from being human. It makes us something less, not something oppressed. It makes us something less when we don't worship than those people who say, I don't need to worship anything. I'm just me by myself. By saying that, you've just made yourself less than what you were intended to be. We worship not as an oppression to keep us down, but we worship actually to put ourselves in the right place. Some might say they don't need it, and they're not self-centered, but worship is also a relationship where it deepens our relationship with a person. And therefore, it's an interactive thing. There are some people who worship the earth, and that's what some of the climate change is about. It's they that they want to make the earth our God. I think climate change is wonderful, and it's a good thing. But what I'm not going to do is worship Mother Nature. I want to be connected to Father God. Amen? Everybody worships something. Some people spend Sunday polishing the thing that they worship. We are to praise, and the Bible asks us for a sacrifice of praise in every season. You know why? Because it changes your perspective on the season you're going through. How many of you know this truth? Praise from the hard place, from the difficult season, is the praise that is really precious. And it actually changes you and changes your perspective. It changes the way that we see the season we're going through. God bless you if you're going through a difficult time right now. We really want to pray with you. We understand that. But if you will praise God and give him the fruit of that praise, you'll begin to see 
that season in a different light. The sacrifice of praise is also a witness to other people. Do you know that when you worship in here and when you worship wherever you worship, that actually as you tell out your praise, it strengthens your testimony to those people around you instead of keeping it on the inside. So the first sacrifice that I wanted just to bring your attention to this afternoon is the sacrifice of worship. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of his lips that openly profess his name because that makes us who we are supposed to be. But also it honors God and we want to honor him. And as we do that, we'll be a witness to others. Let me tell you the last sacrifice. The sacrifice of sharing the gospel. Paul said it this way. The apostle Paul in Romans said it was a priestly duty. Now, when you think of an evangelist, do you think of somebody who dwells in the holy of holies, in the secret place with God? Or do you think of an evangelist or somebody who shares the gospel who's out there on the streets He's, or she is just kind of far away from the temple, just being where the real people are? Paul didn't see it that way. Paul saw it as, you know what? When I go out and share the gospel, it's a priestly duty. This is what he said. He said, I'm a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles. He gave me the priestly duty of proclaiming the gospel of God so that the Gentiles might become an offering acceptable to God, sanctified by the Spirit. You see, we've got to flip what we think is our view of sharing the gospel. This is really important. Many of us see as the sharing the gospel as something we got to do or we kind of get an opportunity, but rather than being freaked out by sharing it, why don't you make it a thing between you and God? And say, God, is there anybody you want me to share with today? God, I'm sensing your presence. Do you need to say something through me? Could I be your priest to that person? Could it not be just kind of a relationship builder between you and God? Where it's not about you being brave and talking to somebody, but it's actually that you're listening to God and loving God and saying, you know what, God, I think you want me to say that. Have I told you about the time when I bought groceries for people? I think I have. When I was queuing up in, a, in Lidl's, I mean, hey, some of us shop at really posh shops, you know? Okay, I thought that was a joke. Never mind, we'll let it go. I was queuing up in Lidl's and the Lord spoke to me and said, buy the lady's groceries behind you. And she started to cry and I was really, I get embarrassed when I do this stuff. I, I, you know, I'm kind of like, God, are you so sure? I don't want to be that weirdo. I, you know, I told the story this morning about, we bought, I bought some people some hamburgers, um, you know, and uh, like, uh, and I, you know, I just get embarrassed after I've done it. Because it's not about me and them, it's about me and God. And that's what I want to try and teach you about sharing the gospel. We share with people because God's saying, hey, why don't you just care for them? 
Not that God has to be whispering in your ear about everything, but why don't it can't, instead of being freaked out about being brave, why don't you say, God, I'm just listening to you. Do you want me to do this? As you share, you actually become stronger in your understanding of faith. Let me prove that to you from the scriptures. Philemon chapter six, uh, verse six says, I pray that your partnership in the gospel with us in the faith will make you more effective, deepening your understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. As you share, as you partner in the gospel, it will deepen you. I wonder if you'd stand with me, if you will. Because I want to say to you, sacrifice changes things. When you sacrifice for God, it changes things. So when Peter says, offer spiritual sacrifices, what he's saying is, offer some things from the Spirit, in the Spirit, by the Spirit, to change things in the Spirit. Not just do some grand gestures, and all of that's fine, but actually, before the Lord, if you'll begin to say, you know what, I want to give that, I want to share that. If you'll praise him, and continually praise him, continual sacrifices change things. I'm going to ask you to make a sacrifice right now. I'm going to ask as many of you who can to leave the seat where you're standing and come and stand here at the front and say, I'm bringing myself to you, God. You see, that's a little sacrifice. I'm going to ask you to do that because it's kind of one of those things where you think, I am secure in my seat. I don't know what it is about church chairs, but they keep us safe, don't they? Come on, leave the seat where you're standing right now and say, I'm bringing myself to you, God. Come on, let's just fill up the front. And then we're just going to worship together. Just as many of you as you can. Those of you who feel comfortable. If you don't want to do that, I get it. But I also think, come on, hear what I'm saying to you. Make a little sacrifice. Move a little bit. Do something that you don't normally do. Come on, keep coming. What I'm asking you to do is bring your heart to God. Bring your sharing to God. Bring your praise to God. If you hold on to your rights, you might get something. Come on, keep coming. It's fine. Just take a step forward, guys, so we make some room for some other folks. If you are one of those people that say, I'm holding on to my rights, I'm holding on to my rights, sure, you might get something. But if you pour out, watch God change things. You can grasp and hold, or you can pour out. If you hold on to things, some things will change. Just by your willpower. And you'll go, yay! But if you pour out and give away, God will change hundreds of thousands of things for you. Whenever I've held on too tightly, it turns to dust. And whenever I let it go, it grows into something magnificent. 
would you like to just worship God just for a few moments in our 2.30 service? Would you like to just say, God, I'm giving you my sacrifice of praise. I'm going to give you my sacrifice of worship. God, I'm going to, if you give me the opportunity, I'm going to share the gospel. Remember, the sacrifices that are done continually, those are the ones that produce fruit. If you'll love that person, if you'll be present, if you'll say, yeah, I am here for you, God. If you will share your material wealth, if you will say, I'm going to praise you, God. If you will be the sort of person that, that whether people think you're silly or not, that you will share the gospel. If you'll make those sacrifices, God will change things. Amen, church.